You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome to Big Show Hour 4. It's Calgary Flames game day. They're back at it after a few days off. They're back home tonight at the Scotiabank Saddledome, welcoming the Nashville Predators to the building tonight. We'll be on the air at 6 o'clock with Flames warm-up, 7 o'clock puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. And we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to get a little preview on the opponent tonight, the Nashville Predators. We're joined by Willie Donick, uh, Nashville Predators play-by-play on Valley Sports South and works over at ESPN Radio in Nashville. Willie, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, Tuesday morning. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, we've been in Calgary for a couple of days now. Came over from Edmonton on, on Saturday, so we've been enjoying the city. I hope you've enjoyed it. I, I saw uh, somebody in your crew was out there in the mountains. I got a chance to go see uh, them and see all that. And uh, hopefully you, you've enjoyed your two days here. The weather's been all right. Yeah, yeah. My uh, broadcast partner, Chris Mason, of course, he's from Red Deer, yeah. Alberta. Uh, he went over to Banff and actually visited himself jumping in the water, which so that shows you how crazy he is. Uh, so we might actually show that on the broadcast tonight because okay. I would not have had the guts to do that. Okay, well that'll be something I'll have to be uh, be searching for for sure. Uh, well, Willie, let's let's talk about your guys' bunch here, the the Nashville Predators. Talk about that atmosphere in Edmonton. I know being on the uh, being uh, the the road crew and the Predators going into that building with with what's going on with Edmonton. McDavid saying it's death by a thousand cuts. They lose again last night. But how good was it to get those two points the way Nashville did? And, you know, like the Oilers were beating Nashville good for like 10, one and two over their last 13 games or something like that. So that was probably a really big win on Saturday. It was a big confidence boost for, for this group, because as you said, the, the Oilers had really had their number the, the last few years. And in particular, Drysdale and McDavid, they just had not been able to contain those guys at all. And, you know, that they had the, distinction of being the only team that the Oilers had beaten indoors this year with a <laughs> 6-1 win. So they still going in there, you know, had a big mental edge over the Predators. But uh, so you can imagine the swing, the turn of events and, and the feeling that the team had being able to, to exercise those demons and get a win, albeit with the Oilers playing the way they are right now. Obviously, they're, they're in a big struggle. But yeah. Uh, that was a big positive feeling for the Predators. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, he had the hat trick uh, against uh, against Edmonton. He's he's obviously the tone setter. He's a leader, you know, and obviously you know signing there this off season. How talk about his uh, early impact with the Preds? It's been a huge impact. I, I I don't think he could even quantify it with the points. You know, the numbers look really good, mm-hmm. but I think what he's done for the, the young players, what he's done for Philip Forsberg. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to really even put your finger on the, you know, the value of that. And that's exactly what they hoped they were getting when they signed him. Uh, he's one of those guys that just rubs off on everybody. You know, he's always working full throttle. He's getting there early. He's staying late. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he sets the example for so many of these young guys that they're hoping will become part of a nucleus of a great team down the road. Uh, Philip Forsberg, the goal scoring still hasn't, come away his way yet this year but how's his health I mean he hasn't really played more than 69 games since the cup season back in 2017 he's he's obviously been dealing with that but how's how's his uh start going he's leading the team in in points but the goals haven't been showing up yeah it's a it's an interesting start for Philip uh he you're right it it, it always seems something uh, has has you know, short-circuited his season, at least for parts of the season. He, a yeah. couple of years ago, he yeah. had a huge year, missed some games, mm-hmm. but still had 
40 goals. Last year, it was the second game after the All-Star break. He suffered a concussion in Philadelphia, and he, he did not play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that just derailed everything. And so everybody was wondering, you know, how he would look coming back with sort of this new-look team that they've got. They changed some things around. Uh, I, I think he's played very effectively. If you look closely, he, he's getting over a point per game. He mm-hmm. had four. He had a big goal against Edmonton, and his shooting percentage is only four point four percent. Yeah. So he's he's seventh in the league in shot attempts. So he's mm-hmm. he's getting more shots and shot attempts than he's ever gotten before, at least at this point of the season. So it's just not going in right now. And so you, you hope that over time that he'll start getting the goals that he usually has. But. You're right. The, a big thing for him would be to, if he could play 80 to 82 games, I think that would make a big difference in this season. Uh, talking about the goal score, if it's not Phillip getting the goals, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly can't be getting a hat trick every game and, and whatnot, and Goose Ny- Gus Nyquist is, is picking up his teeth off the ice, hopefully got those all figured out as well. But who's going to be the goal scoring? Like, Where's the scoring coming from on this group? That's a big question for sure. That's, and that's where they're hoping. They've got five forwards on the team right now that are 23 and younger. Mm-hmm. And so among that group, they're hoping that they get uh, a couple of those guys to blossom and pitch in. I, I think it's realistically, it's going to have to be by committee mm-hmm. uh, for, for it to, to be enough to be a good team. Uh, they're, they're missing Cody glass right now, who has missed. This will be his seventh straight game that he's missed. I think he can be that secondary scoring guy. Uh, Luke Evangelista looks like he's coming around some, but it looks like he's going to stick. He's got a good, some good skill. And the, the guy that's really been the out of nowhere guy that, that continues to be surprisingly productive is, is Tommy Novak, yeah. uh, sort of a mid round draft pick that was not a big prospect. Even at the start of last season, you know, he didn't even make the travel squad to Prague. You know, he was sort of an afterthought. And then in the second half of the season, when some guys got hurt and they went with the youth movement, he all of a sudden has been, a, for about a half a season now, a point-per-game guy. So he's, he's been sneaky good. And so, you know, we'll see if he can sustain it. Now, you mentioned, like, Tommy Novak being one of them. Like, so, so, so if, if I'm a Flames fan, I'm going to the game tonight. Like, who are some of these guys that maybe, okay, yeah, you got Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist. Yes, of course, Roman Yossi, UC Saros. But, like, of those guys, like, who else is going to be ones I should be watching? Like, I, I, I assume, like, I'm grouping, like, Kiefer Sherwood, Novak, Evangelista, Yakov Trenin, uh, kind of those guys, kind of in the same group. Is, is Are those the guys that Nashville's really hoping here that can take that next step and be, like, the next big Nashville? Nashville Predator prospects. Yeah, I, I, that, that's that really I think is the big question: is mm-hmm. are any of them going to be the type of elite player yeah. that that you really need to to become a great team? And I don't know if any of them are. I, I but I think if if they get a lot of good players, they have another wave of players right now in Milwaukee that they're hoping you know they might have a couple of gems in there. It's a it's a number of guys that were first round picks. They're all eighteen, nineteen. Some of them, you know, in their first year in the AHL. But tonight, I, I would definitely keep an eye on Novak's line. Is probably a line that a lot of, you know, unless you're a hardcore fan, you probably don't know much about Tommy Novak, mm-hmm. Luke Evangelista, Kiefer Sherwood. But that's been a pretty steady line for the second line uh, for the Predators. They're going to lean on them uh, for for a little bit of offensive punch. Their their numbers have been pretty good. And then I, I think a big X factor is Yuso Parsonen. Okay. Uh, he's number 75. He's a, a, a guy that had a, a good half of rookie season last year, and then he got a strange injury um, that knocked his season out. Uh, but he had a very promising year. He was a seventh-round pick in 2019. 
uh, and really rose up quickly. He's a big, strong kid, and then got off to a good year. He was he won the job on the first line with Forsberg and O'Reilly to start the year, but then kind of dipped after a couple of good games, and now he's trying to work his way back up. His last couple of games have been good, but they're expecting some ups and downs from guys like that who are that mm-hmm. 21, 22-year 20, uh, age gap. So, of course. So Parson is the guy. He's a big X factor. He can make a difference for them if he has a good year. We're talking with Willie Donick, uh, National Predators play-by-play over on Bally Sports South. Uh, UC Saros, obviously, we know what he's brought to the to the National Predators organization since uh, you know leaving Pecorino's footsteps and and what have you. Now uh, he's really good against the Calgary Flames, eight one and one. I I couldn't believe how how actually good he has been against this team because it feels like the games are are usually pretty close. But Nashville's had a good clip over the Flames of late. I talk about UC Saros as. He's got one more year after this at $5 million, and there's going to be a, quite a few teams around the league, I'm sure, that will need uh, some goaltending. Uh, I'm thinking L.A. Uh, at the deadline. Uh, depending, obviously, how the season goes here in Nashville, do you think this is Barry Trotz's biggest trade chip? I think it'll be one of the biggest decisions yeah. that Barry Trotz will be making over the next year or so. Uh, so you're right to bring that up. I mean, he's one of the best bargains in hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I think he was very shortchanged, should have been a Vezina nominee last year, I think. If you looked at all the un- mm-hmm. underlying numbers, his goal saved above expected and all those things were, I mean, the steals, things like that. Yep. He, he was off the charts with that. Better, better than anybody, let alone the guys who won it. But he wasn't even nominated for, for the Vezina. He finished, I think, fourth in the voting. But all that being said, you know, he's in the prime of his career now. He's 28, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think he, because he's a sure thing, I, and I, I believe the way he conditions himself, his makeup, uh, his, uh, he likes being in Nashville. I do think, and Barry Trotz has been on the record. I'm not giving you any secrets here. I think he's interested in looking at the next contract for UC Soros and what that would be. You know, Connor Hellebuck, who's a couple of years older than Soros, mm-hmm. just signed his deal. That's probably That's a comparable, a comparable uh, you know, something that you would look at. And then the other thing to consider is they've got one of the top goal yes. prospects in hockey in Yaroslav Askarov, who uh, is doing very well for a second straight year in the AHL, and he's only 21 years old. So they've got options there. So the question is, which way do you go? Yeah. Uh, I, I think how the young nucleus develops will be, something to consider and then you know what what kind of offers do you get out there but i i, I think that there is a, a strong scenario that they would hold on and sign uc Saros to the next contract but you know as well as i do around the trade deadline you're <laughs> going to hear his name a lot right because yeah. people are going to be calling to see what's going on and then i'll talk to me about barry trotz uh, there was the rumors there uh, when winnipeg was looking for a head coach that it felt like you know that was the natural fit you know, trotz was going to go home to manitoba but it felt that like, hey, he might be holding out here for something a little more, and then like he wants to maybe do some uh, front office work, and then the Nashville job rolls around with with David Poyles taking a, a resigning or retiring and whatnot. He's got eight UFAs, six RFAs. He'll have a really a chance to really put his mark on this team in the coming off season, and then they only have three players signed beyond twenty twenty six. Like, where is Barry Trotz's mind in all this? That he is now like he was the original Predators head coach. Like he is Mister Predators. He is, and, uh, you know, it's been a great shot in the arm, Mm -hmm. I think, for the franchise to have him back in the fold. You know, it just sort of comes full circle. 
David Poyle gave him a chance way back at the beginning. This is the 25th anniversary of, of the Predators being on the ice. So it was a, a great moment in sort of the franchise history for David Poyle to pass the reins over mm-hmm. to a guy that he has the utmost respect Felt for right. and vice versa. But at the same time, I think the fans really wanted something new. They wanted to get a fresh start. And that's what Barry Trotz has tried to do. He, he cleared the decks. You know, they, they bit the bullet some and paid for Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson mm-hmm. to move on and really got nothing in return. And they're going to they're gonna take a hit with the cat salary cap for both of their contracts as a result. But in doing so, he's allowed the pathway for some of these young guys to get a chance, see what he's got. Um, and like I said, they've got another big wave of prospects that they just have in Milwaukee. To David Poyle's credit, he never really sold the farm. No. So he's been building prospects for a while, and they got a bunch of assets, as you know, at the deadline last year. They traded four different guys. Yes. You know, Nino Niederreiter, Mikhail Granlin, Matthias Hetcombe, you know, they had Tanner Janot. You know, they got yep. a big boatload of picks for him. So they haven't even used most of those picks at this point. So he, he stresses patience. Uh, he, he thinks it's going to be two or three years before they can really be loaded enough. What, what the fans were seeing was a team that was getting into the playoffs the last couple of years before last year, but not really having mm-hmm. the weapons to make a move in the playoffs. I really would have loved to have seen – the Predators with a healthy UC Soros play the Flames in the first round of the playoffs two years ago. I yeah. think that could have changed the narrative a little bit. But UC Soros, you might remember, got hurt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had a high ankle sprain in a game against the Flames in a really dra- dramatic win for the Flames. But that ended Soros' season. And instead of playing Calgary, a team that I think they matched up with better, they had to play the Avalanche, yeah. who were obviously a machine. And they had to do it without Soros. So that, that really left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And so I think they wanted to sort of change up the whole feeling of, of the franchise. So that's what they've done. Uh, Andrew Burnett, uh, the, an original Nashville Predator from the from the 98 season. Now he's behind the bench. And I think this was like, uh, obviously people saw what he, he the job he did uh, down in Florida and then you know, last year with New Jersey. Just uh, what's he like behind the bench? And, uh, and is, he's obviously uh, still like, he's 50s, but he's, I still consider him like a younger uh, head coach, obviously, because this is like his going to be his first real go as a head coach. Just how has he been uh, with the with the guys? I think good. He's another guy that's a good fit for I think the whole energy and direction of the, of the organization because he was an original predator. He was only there for the first year. Yep. But he played for Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz handpicked him when he became available. And that was a big thing in the summer. They 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 sort of kept John Hines on on hold, which I know was not easy for him, but Barry Trotz wanted to wait to see who was available once the playoffs were over. And then when Andrew Burnett's team, uh, the Devils, were eliminated and he was allowed to be hired, that was the guy that Barry Trotz had his eye on. So Burnett, his, uh, he has instilled a different system. They're trying to play differently. I- I'm not sure they have the pieces yet to do it the way he wants to do it, but yeah. you are seeing some pretty good results. They're playing a lot more north-south, try to get up the ice quick, try to put the defense on their heels, which is quite a bit different than what, what the fans were seeing before. I think the players, some of the players are really enjoying it and fit well with it. Uh, they've had some mixed results, but uh, when it looks right, I, I think it's, it's pretty fun to watch. And I think, uh, I think the guys have pretty good energy right now. It's, so we're still getting to know Andrew Burnett, but, but so far I think everybody can see what he's trying to do. 
Uh, talk to me about uh, one of the defensemen, Mark Del uh, Geizo. I, I don't know if I, I hit his last name wrong, but he got into his first uh, game no, there. You on... got it. You okay, got it. Yeah. perfect. perfect. Uh, he got into his first game there on Saturday. Had an assist. He got he got really emotional there uh, at the when the reporters were asking about his journey. Have you had a chance to to sit down with him? Because the fourth rounder from 2020, 2019, uh, he's certainly a good story. A real a real good story, and uh, I, I I'm just getting to know him, but. He uh, he has made an impression for sure. In, in the training camp, he was a guy that really, I think, leapfrogged probably four or five other defensemen okay. that were in the mix. They've got a lot of guys. It was out of out of, ne- out of necessity that they <laughs> that they had to use a bunch of defensemen last year. They had a bunch of injuries, including Roman Yossi, mm-hmm. who missed the last month of the season. Uh, so a lot of guys got a chance, and he was not one of them. And I think he sort of had a chip on his shoulder that he never did get a shot last year. So he worked very hard in the offseason, and he just beat out a bunch of guys. He he won basically the seventh man, or I should say the eighth man's job mm-hmm. coming out of camp because they lost Luke Shen yep. after the first game. And so he was the next man up. Then they lost Ryan McDonough the other day, blocked a shot, mm-hmm. and he still hobbled a little bit. I, I don't think he's going to play tonight. He didn't practice okay. yesterday, was not able to play against the Oilers, but that opened it up for Del Gaizo, and he did a nice job. But you're right. It, that, you always love when a player appreciates, you know, earning the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a a hard-working journey. He played uh, college hockey with Kale McCarr yeah, at okay. UMass, and they won a national championship. So he's got a, he's got a pretty good ped- pedigree, but it's another one of these guys. They've got, a, I think, a pretty good deep pool of steady prospects, but they need a few of them to jump up and be first-rate for them to get where they want to go. But – yeah, you know, you'll probably get a look at him tonight. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and I know I brought it up in jest earlier with uh, with Gus Nyquist uh, and his teeth on the ice. Did they, were they able to fix up his mouth all right? <laughs> yes, it, it was funny. He, <laughs> of course, he came back in the game, which is always never ceases to amaze me. He had I think ten or eleven stitches in his chin. Uh, he lost some teeth. Uh, and he was laughing the next day <laughs> because he said, you know, if you look at the replay. The referee did not see it no. initially. Uh, they, they had to huddle up. He, and, and so he was down on his knees, and they weren't going to call a penalty. And he's picking – he's literally – yep. you can see the video. He's picking up his teeth off the ice, and he's saying, guys, I have some evidence here. You know, this is exhibit A. And the ref goes, oh, I didn't see it. So they had to huddle up, and fortunately the linesman saw it, and he got, they got the four-minute penalty. So we got a chuckle out of that. So he was he was in amazement that – uh, he had to sort of literally show them his teeth before they got the penalty. Hey, sometimes the, the refs have to be shown some uh, some uh, irrefutable evidence, and that, that was definitely <laughs> it. Uh, Willie, uh, enjoy the, the rest of your time here in Calgary. Uh, all the best the rest of the way, and I'm sure we'll do this again very soon, buddy. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Let's... Uh... Let's have some fun tonight. Yeah, let's have a good one. It's going to be a big one uh, in the Western Conference standings. There you go. Willie Donick uh, joined us uh, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Nashville Predators play-by-play on Bally Sports South. Also does some uh, ESPN radio work out in Nashville. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one uh, tonight. Uh, Predators off to a 5-6 and six start. They were 5-2 winners over the Oilers on Saturday. That was their last game out. Um, Playing above expectations, you would say? Nashville pro. A little bit. Uh, this is probably where I'd expect Nashville. Okay. I, 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 I probably have. They're a team that always just seems to be like in the mix. Yeah, but I also like, like I look at the I look at the roster right now. Like they, they're gonna have some. Like I look at that top like that top six in Nashville is. 
yeah, it's it's not not the greatest right now. I mean, it's it's Philip Forsberg who, yeah, he's he's a point per game guy yeah. right now. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is still all right, and then Gus Nyquist. But then, you know, after that, it's it's the young guys. Like I'm really super excited to see this, this second line of Sherwood, Novak, and Evangelista. Uh, anytime there seems to be Nashville Predator highlights on, it's it's one of those three uh, that's making up for 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 whatever Nashville is with the lack of scoring and whatnot. And and they do play a really solid defensive game. Obviously, it's not the the Shea Weber, no. you know, Ryan Ellis days of Nashville, PK Subban or Roman Yossi's like, you know, like he's like a, during that cup, he's run in that during that cup run. Like it's Yossi and it's, it's Dante Fabro, young guy, Jeremy Lausanne, a young guy, Alex Carrier, who, you know, well, well McDavid's real only highlight this year was off of Alex yeah. Carrier, uh, Mark Del Geizo, which, uh, which we just talked about. And then, uh, then there's Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry still floating out there uh, for sure. So uh, it is a team that plays really hard. Uh, they have a really good goaltender, obviously, in UC Saros. And Maddie mentioned eight one and one over the last ten starts for for UC Saros. And I was, uh, I had it up here. Uh, the Predators versus the Flames, like they've done really well against Calgary. Like Calgary, I, only think, has, I think in our last Flames only have three wins since the start of twenty eighteen against yeah, Nashville. Yeah, I, I think I saw the stat somewhere. I heard the stat somewhere in our last seven head to head matches. I think we're zero and seven. No, uh, Calgary did win uh, April 26, 2022. That was the oh. game I believe he was alluding to uh, where UC Saros got hurt. Mm, okay. Um, it was uh, That was probably it, but they're 3-0. They won all their three meetings last year um, against Calgary. 4-1, 2-1, and 3-2 in a shootout, I believe, was their last one. Uh, on, yeah, on April 10th, 3-2 shootout. Uh, was that the one they threw Nick Ritchie out there? No. Uh, that was the shoot. That was, that was we the, played Nashville in that deciding game. That was the Nick Ritchie game. That was the Nick Ritchie game. Yeah. Okay, so that was the last time Nashville and Calgary met. Hopefully, we don't have that happen again. No, um, no. But yes, yeah, so it'll be the Nashville Predators and the Calgary Flames tonight, six o'clock for your Calgary Flames pregame show with Pat and I believe uh, Wes Gilbertson, uh, and then seven o'clock play by play with Derek and Megan for the Preds and the Flames.